Fierce Fan Media. What's happening? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does. <laughs> okay. Oh man, none of it matters. Like, I'm just like laughing painful. at your little your salt sprinkle. Sprinkle <laughs> that hope right there. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the weekly wind down. I am Jackie D, the literary lesbian. I'm Stacy, the new age old school mom. I'm Stacy, the political princess. And I'm Erin, the geeky stony gal pal. Oh, the stony baloney gal pal. Stony baloney. Stony baloney gal. Tonight, I am drinking Menage a Trois Silk, which is a soft red blend. How is it? Is it soft? Um, Yes, it's wet and it's soft. <laughs> All right. Ew. <laughs> it says, experience menage a trois silk, a smooth, seductive red blend that caresses you with every sip. The seamless, lustrous blend of Pinot Noir, Malbec, and Petite Syrah glides gracefully across your palate like silk. Cool. It's a lavish, what? luxurious experience you've been craving. Are we doing a surprise wow. next episode? I was like, what is this? Are yes. you reading a scene out of one of our books? Yeah. Like, They're trying to get happening? a point across, aren't they? It's a really they? horny yeah. description. Yeah. 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 It was on sale for $8. want some wine. Price, so. I'm not going to lie. I definitely want wine. Okay. I guess. Yeah. All right. Let's, <laughs> Stacey, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking a hot toddy with Fireball because mm-hmm. I've been sick all week. So. I know. I'm so sorry. That sucks. Okay, that that does suck. But that is very funny because I'm drinking a sparkling ice right now because it was already open. Um, but I've been having the, you know, the pre post nasal drip where things just fit. so I'm I have this stuff out to make a hot toddy as soon as I'm done with it. Lex is hella sick too. She's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my Lex has COVID. Free. Who does? Oh, my Lex. Oh no. Yeah. That sucks. I haven't been sick. <laughs> Dale was sick. Not sick. Aaron, not sick. Not sick. Katie and Matt I haven't been COVID? sick in two years. I've been avoiding everything Kira's brought home, and this one just fucking hit me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Um, I was I saw a TikTok that said um that they're seeing a lot like this strain of COVID has a lot more like stomach, like GI issues. Oh, interesting. Like towards the end, once people are starting to feel better. Huh. Yeah. And mine's all like chest congestion. Yeah. Cough. Yeah. And I tested negative. Erin, what are you drinking? I'm I'm drinking Puffing. a... Uh... Smoking. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, Inhaling. It's a lovely sativa. <laughs> um, But I'm actually drinking just like a, you know, one of those like little packets that you put in water. It's like a cherry rush or slush or something oh i love that are you on water talk aaron (laughs) you know i should be yeah it's a lot of a lot of water goes into this body since i haven't been drinking as much as much i did have a couple beverages that were alcoholic beverage nature um okay so we have a lot to get through tonight it was an eventful week to say the least we're gonna save the taylor swift one for the last the ai thing just so we don't end it on quite such like a note um but i did want to talk about the report that came out about the uvalde shooting and one of the reasons is i got uh several text messages this week asking about it so i thought we would just jump on here and kind of go over what it means 
how this one is different than it has been in the past and kind of like what we what we think about what's happening. So for those that don't know, the mayor of Uvalde actually asked the DOJ to step in and do an investigation because um, there was a lot of cries of corruption and it, it it was clear to the world that something went wrong at Uvalde. Like what happened there should not have gone down the way it did. And I, I give the mayor their credit for saying, you know what, you're right. And let's, let's get this investigated. So this doesn't happen to another person or child that lives in this, in this city. And for those that aren't intimately knowledgeable about like city councils and, and local, local government, that, for That's councils to admit something like that is a big deal and to say that they're going to do something about it. So I do give him credit for that. Yeah. And to um, put like, the, the health of the town above their reputation. Which I think, it should. That totally. always. But it's not common, which is no. sad. Egos yeah. in politics is very common. So I give this. At such a low level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give them too much credit, though, because like. Oh. It was yeah. still kind of wonky. But um, anyway, so they reached out, the DOJ investigated, and then Merrick Garland uh, and the DOJ released a, it was over 600 page report on what happened in Uvalde. And some of the things that stood out to me, and then we can talk about what stood out to you guys. Um, just the fact that the DOJ actually stayed in there. And we're not talking about like a hyperbolic organization that's going to say things or post things to garnish attention or to get likes or to get clicks to like, Oh, we're not talking about a journalistic organization here. Like these are police officers and investigators um, that our nation holds with the most training and most value because they uh, they're not limited to like municipal localities. Like they're investigating, you know, terrorist organizations and um, major, you know, crime syndicates and stuff like that. So uh, they came out and essentially said if the police had actually followed um, active shooter protocol, more children wouldn't have died. And the first thing that caught me when I heard that, number one, I don't know if you guys had the chance to watch Merrick Garland's like talking, um, speaking about it, but the way he got choked up, oh, um, even talking about it, I don't know how as a parent you can hear that and and not want to just burn the fucking world to the ground like to hear that not that many first graders had to die like what if it would have been anyway you could spiral in that but um the fact that it took over an hour to actually respond um the fact that they didn't follow active shooter protocol the fact that all these agencies showed up and no one really knew who was in charge. Um, the fact that there was the person who was supposedly in charge didn't have his fucking radio. So didn't know what was going on anywhere else. Um, the fact that they had a victim in there on the phone and still didn't go in. The fact that one of the police officers called out, if you need help, say something. They said something and the kid was shot to death like over 40 over 10 incidents happened while police officers were standing outside waiting and let me be clear individually my heart hurts for those police officers it it genuinely does this is something they're going to have to live with forever whether or not they were following orders or weren't trained correctly or or whatever it's very difficult 
when you're in a military militaristic situation like that to like take it upon yourself to like run in and do something. And I understand that. So I, it's not like I don't have grace for the police officers as individuals. As humans. As human beings, yes. Yeah. But institutionally, institutionally, they should all probably lose their jobs. Yeah. Like just full stop. This was such a gross act of negligence where children died. Any other situation that wasn't as like such a lightning rod for controversy as, as gun rights are. You take any other situation where this many children and people died and there was a gross failure on behalf of the organization that was charged with protecting and isolating this incident, they would all be fired. The only reason they're not is because police services and second amendment gun rights are such a political lightning rod. And that makes me so angry for those parents who the only road for justice that they have is to see these officers lose their jobs. Mm -hmm. And is that fair? Like to the officers? I don't, I don't know, but I feel like these parents need something, something, someone has to pay for mm -hmm. the harm and loss that these families are going to endure forever. And listen, a cop losing their job does not bring their kid back. And I get that. And it's not going to heal their hearts and it's not going to make them sleep better at night. But it acknowledges. But it acknowledges it. Yeah. And it holds someone accountable, even if it's not enough. So those are my thoughts on it. Did you guys, what do you guys think when you were looking through the news? I agree. I mean, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't bring anybody back, but I get the want to blame somebody or something, but I feel like it's, it's not completely misdirected. I feel like these cops were poorly trained and not ready and absolutely like dropped the ball. Um, but I feel like it could be better put um, in other things. You know what I mean? Like. I'm not saying the cops should just get away with it. They need more training. They need whatever, whatever the punishment is. I don't know what it should be. I think they're all suspended right now. <clears throat> but um, I feel like whether that be in gun control or um, that's the only thing I can think of right now, safety in the schools, something productive to help, um, I feel like would probably be better. But I do get the need for wanting something to be done and needing to place blame somewhere and that feeling of yeah I mean think of it as a parent you would have all this pent up grief and somewhere needing somewhere to put it so Where I get do you it. Put it there's no place to put it down like, no right. one's taking responsibility right I mean, and, and the issue you you touched on something really good there stays and it's that the issue doesn't stop with the cops right like the cops it are just a cog in the system like it's it's not ultimately their, like the fact that an 18 year old had a weapon of war and entered a school isn't the fault of the police officers. And I'm not trying to right. blame them. The, the like, issues are vast. But it was yeah. all of the emergency services, like all of them. It wasn't mm -hmm. even, it wasn't even police, just police, you mm -hmm. know, right? Like, I feel like what they determined was that those police officers put their own lives and their own safety ahead of saving those kids, which like, that's not the job you sign up for. And I know just like, I'm not a police officer. I'm just a government employee, but I've been through enough, enough active shooter trains to know that's not how that's done. Um, but even because they're over so quickly, right? Mm -hmm. like, not this one. It's, 
with those kinds of weapons. And that's the thing. They didn't go inside. They didn't go inside. And it just went on and on and on. And the thing that is interesting is because when you have like big mass casualty situations like this, they're multi-agency responses. And besides the not knowing who was in charge and not like, these are such basic, like EOC standard operating procedures. Like you, like FEMA establishes these rules and you have an incident commander and you have all of these things. Like none of that seemed to have been done. Can I interrupt for one second just to give people the actual timeline and then you can continue? Yeah. Yeah. So at 11.28 a.m. on May 24th of 2022, um, after shooting his grandmother, Ramos fled in her pickup truck and crashed it outside the school. Witnesses said he fired a few rounds outside as he continued towards the school. So that it was at 11.28. At 11.32, four minutes later, four minutes later, Ramos shot into the classrooms from the parking lot. So we're talking four minutes response time in a town that is not, not big, large. Okay. Yeah. At 11.33, so one minute later, Ramos entered the building and headed to connecting classrooms 112 and 111, which they weren't locked. That's what I mean. There's like failure all around to go here. At 11.35, so police responded in in less than 10 minutes. They got there. 11.35, police entered the school, took fire, called for backup, began evacuation. Social media video shows parents urging police outside to storm the building. They didn't re-enter. So this is 11.35. They re-entered the building. Border Patrol agents did, not even Uvalde police, at 12.50 and killed Ramos. So we're talking about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. It's absolutely crazy. An hour and 15 minutes that they all stood, a, a movie, a Disney movie. They stood that's, around trying to figure out what to do. Well, Sorry, I didn't gross. interrupt. And I they're just lucky wanted to that, put in perspective. No, that's they're lucky very that important. he didn't have more ammo to just keep reloading. Oh my God. Totally. Well, and then it mm-hmm. doesn't end there too, right? Like in there it said, there was one family member who spent hours pulling glass out of his son's um, body because none of the surviving children were checked, were screened for medical care. They sent them home. Like, yeah, they sent them home. Yeah. They didn't triage any of the kids that were there that were dealing with issues. Um, and they, before, they were trying to say that they had to wait for autopsy results before they did death notifications, which is not true. They said that hospital- It's not like you crashed a drug house. Totally. Right. Yeah. You know they what happened here. That hospital staff were clearly untrained in um delivering painful news some family members um had been told that their their family members had died other people were told that there was another bus of survivors coming when there wasn't like it just every it seems like at every avenue they um like they just fucked up and just so you know the so um the overall law enforcement response was 380 personnel from 24 uh, different agencies, like local, federal, and um, state agencies. So, like, I just, like, the fact that you don't, I mean, like I said, you have these multi-agency responses, but then your hospital staff isn't even trained on how to deal with some of these things, like, it. Is it that small of a town that, like, nothing's ever happened there? I don't know. I know small town that where nothing like that has I think they said I think it said 15,000 yeah the article 
So, so it's a small. really small. 15,312 people. But these days, there's no excuse for not being prepared for something like this. Like, there just isn't. Yeah. Yeah, Columbine happened in 1999. Well, and it's the the whole idea, right, of... What I said in the beginning, how politics plays such, like, an impactful role on this, of some of these areas and states believe that good guys with guns always protect bad guys with guns. And while that, look, to be fair, that could be true sometimes, Mm -hmm. but there was 300 good guys with guns outside and one bad guy and 19 children and two adults are still dead. Mm -hmm. 19 elementary school children who, who deserved so much better than this. Mm -hmm. So much better. And their families deserve better. And it's just, I'm, nope. I'm so heartbroken for them. And like this one, it, this one felt kind of like um, Sandy Hook a lot, but even yeah. worse because of if, if Ramos managed to kill 19 people in an hour and a half, if they had gotten in there in five minutes, we may not even be talking about Uvalde, right? Yep. It could have been a close call. Right. It could have been a real close call that they tightened up their restrictions around. It, it could be treated like that one that happened in Tennessee where the yeah. police officers did everything correctly. Mm-hmm. Every, and I'm not saying school shootings should still happen. That's a totally different conversation. Right. But those ones in Tennessee, they were in there in a matter of like four and a half minutes and yeah. isolated the threat. Like, so we know there is a correct way to deal with this kind of travesty. and not believing in gun control isn't a good enough reason not to train your cops to deal with a madman that gets his hands on a weapon like this. Like it's just not like at what point do we take politics out of this shit? Like how many, and we've said this on here a hundred times, how many kids have to die? How many kids going to school have to die? Yeah. Apparently a lot more than what have, have which is really well in my head i'm just like are you guys waiting for a number to tick off that you're like okay now it seems like what is what is this imaginary threshold when they out when they throw out things like now is not the time and and uh we can't have this conversation now it's disrespectful and and we can't do how many decades and kids have to die before it's the time to have the conversation like i just i don't I don't understand. And I feel those parents, God, my heart hurts so much for them because you can see in the videos, they like, they're trying to get to their kids. They had no problem rushing into that building. They were willing to get shot and, you know, whatever, try to take down that shooter just to get their kids out. And the police stopped them. They probably could have. Yeah. Right. If enough of them had run in, they probably could have. If you're only, if you only managed to get off under a hundred shots in an hour and a half, you're, it gives waiting mm-hmm. to get caught feelings. Like he just yeah. wanted to be killed by police fire. Yep. You know, right. like he suicide could have done by cop. so much more damage yeah. in that amount of time. Yeah. 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 So let the parent, if you're not going to go in, let the fucking parent, I don't think a police officer would have been able to stop me. I'm going to be real honest. Like, yeah. And right? I'm not hating on those parents at all. Like part of you is, we're raised to trust these people with badges and guns and to believe what they say. And, 
in the back of your head somewhere, you're like, I don't want to make it worse. Like right. you don't know what the protocols are. You don't. So I'm not blaming the parents for. Well, if one of them is going to fall off and shoot you for trying to. Right. But so in, in that same tone, we're seeing um, trials of Michigan school shooters, parents set to test limits of who's responsible for a mass shooting. So these two parents, um, the parents of Ethan Crumbly is a teenager who in 2021 opened fire at his high school in Oxford, Michigan. They're on trial for manslaughter right yeah. now for his school shooting. Yeah. And the reason is the dad went in and bought the gun for him because he's legally not able to gave him the weapon and the school called and talked to the mom and uh, said, Hey, we found your kid searching for ammunition on his phone and she texted him and said, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You just have to be smarter than to get caught. And he oh, was texting so his up. friends, telling <laughs> so him that he up. was hallucinating and having these images of, of wanting to, you know, shoot at the school or whatever. And he said in these text messages, he told his dad about it. His dad uh, laughed at him pretty much and told him to suck it up. And his mom told him to get over it. And uh, then the school called his parents and said, he was making these disturbing drawings indicating a school shooting and the parents refused to take him out of school and didn't tell Mention the school them. that he had a gun and he pulled a gun out of his backpack and, and opened fire and he killed how many people did he kill? He killed four people. Okay, he yeah. was 15. And so on November 30th, 2021, Ethan Crumbly 15 at the time, took a gun from an unlocked container in his home, hid it in his backpack, and took it out in a bathroom before opening fire on his schoolmates. So, so his parents uh, are guilty. four counts of murder <laughs> and 19 other charges. And this is this is the first time though we're seeing parents being the held parents, responsible yeah. for their portion in it. And um, there's uh, ATF special agent Brett, Brett Brandon uh, on the stand showed several videos of um him firing the weapon with his parents uh teaching him how to shoot which i'm not actually like against yes. if you have a gun in your house um but if you see your son start to like slip this oh, is he gave all the warning signs all of them all the warning signs yeah 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 everyone and i them. think there's a and there's a no difference. one took him serious Right. There's a difference between the moms that, or the parents, I should say, that are completely blindsided, like Columbine. I don't know if you've read the mom's book. Oh my God. Like, I feel like so bad for her. Yeah. Um, totally same. blindsided parents that, you know, lock up their gun, but this kid gets a hold of a gun on the street and like shows mm -hmm. no signs of, you know, like depression or being suicidal or whatever the case may be. Sure. But these parents blatantly ignored all of the signs and they should be like prosecuted. Sorry, I but I, I think they should absolutely be agree too. Jail. Yep. And I maybe that 100%. will change how people who own guns secure their weapons at the very least. Like I just, I can't even wrap my head around owning a gun in a house that isn't secured in some way. Yeah. Right. Well, I have like a 22 that's not. But I a twenty two is not going to kill fucking thirty people. No, it would kill a person. Like it's not like a BB gun. You also but... live on a farm, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I could see some people having 
whatever the case may be, maybe even a shotgun. Like if they live somewhere where they have coyotes and rattlesnakes and whatever the case may be, and they're guarding animals and like, you know, country kids are, are raised, you know, like. But even in that situation, if one of your kids started talking about how they wanted to shoot up the school, you'd probably lock it up, huh? Of course. (laughs) But so, and I'm not saying like, just on the record, I'm not saying that kids shouldn't be taught how to handle a gun. Like, I'm all for yeah. taking my kid in the backyard and showing him how to shoot the 22 because what if what about the day when there is a rattlesnake and I'm not there? You know, like mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Well, if you're going to have them in the house, they need to know how serious they are and how much damage exactly. they can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if your kid is showing signs of like depression and hallucinating and all these different things, get your kids some fucking help. Don't put a gun in their hands. Don't buy it for them. Like, what are you thinking? Well, even beyond the school shooting, and you're completely right, Stace, because even beyond the school shooting, suicides are so prevalent with unsecured weapons. Like, even if you're like, oh, school shooters, like, then just arm teachers and you don't have to worry about it. Who's going to protect your kid from themselves? Like, it's obvious in these, these parents' communications that the dad was pretty hard on him telling him to suck it up pretty much you're having hallucinations suck it up that kid the reason he went to die by cop and i i feel like a lot of these kids the reason they go into these mass shooting situations is caught by suicide or suicide by cop they're not going to want to go out that way they want to go out in a way that in their their twisted and yeah i'm using the word twisted heads that their parents won't will be proud of them kind of thing so but even the excuse of like, or the solution to arm teachers, can you imagine that's so fucking traumatic for everyone. If someone tries to mm-hmm. shoot at the school and the teacher has to shoot the kid for the students, for the teacher, the liability that like, no, there's some yeah. teachers that I've met that shouldn't, shouldn't be handling a gun. Well, in, <laughs> Iowa school just, a gun. in Iowa school just decided to arm their staff because uh, they're a private Christian school because they prayed about it. jeez. Oh, and decided oh, it was the best course of action. Really not very Christian. <laughs> I don't I don't think Jesus would have been like, hey, I think you should arm yourselves. Right. Oh uh, people are the I I just can't. What? I I also kind of wonder about, like, the kids that order guns online or, like, order ammo online and the parents have no idea. That seems kind of bizarre to me, too. Like, how? If my my kid doesn't even know how to order something online and she's 16. But at the same time, like, she's never, she's never expressed it. But I would know, like, if something was ordered. You know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't understand Mm. how distant you have to be from your kids for them to do all this stuff. Well, I think, I think you're dealing with multiple facets when you look at it like that. Like, I think it's a pride thing. Like these, these people clearly had a worldview that was indicative of guns aren't the problem. People are the problem. And my people are good people. Right. And like, that's, not always the case and just like any tool would you let your kid use a chainsaw that have never that had never picked up a chainsaw would you before? let me like, use a chainsaw no i wouldn't never. let you use a chainsaw Hi. yeah i i mean i never. might give you my baby drill to use too like i don't even uh, know my that electric I- screwdriver 
That but is it's it. just so, in, that's how brainwashed it's become And there's though. a difference between you just having a gun in your house for safety and you buying your child a gun that they're legally not old enough to own. That's crazy to me. The thing I thought was really crazy. Oh, sorry, Bird. Were you saying something? No, I was just going to say like, or like the fact that it was like a semi-automatic. Right. What is I don't even. Right. No one needs that. The the interesting thing I saw today, I saw TikTok, and it was actually Melissa Joan Hart. Have you guys seen this testifying? No. Oh um, no. I had no idea that she lived in Colorado, or no, sorry, she lived in Connecticut, like literally the town over from where Sandy Hook happened, and her son was in first grade at the time. And then they moved to um, Tennessee and that shooting that happened at that private school there, her son attended, it was a third grade class. He was a third grader. So her one son has been so close to two school shootings now. And she said she used to be a super strong, like, you know, you did the second amendment and here's what it is. And you can't take guns away and da, 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 da. And that these events have like, changed her views to the core like to her very core did you guys ever listen to that uh through line episode i sent you about the history of the second amendment no. oh i did you did i did not <laughs> i'm sorry so, it's pretty wild when you look back at it like so when the second amendment was actually ratified into the constitution it was seen as a concession to get the federalists uh to to get the people who wanted to be they just wanted states' rights. Like, they didn't even want to be a, a federal government. They just wanted, like, at the time, Pennsylvania to be Pennsylvania and New York to be New York. And kind of like in Europe and treat it like separate countries and not be united under one federal government. So the federal Federalists made this concession to put in the Second Amendment to these states' rights advocates to try and be like, look, if the federal government ever oversteps its bounds, you can take up arms against it. We're not trying to build another, like colonization well they did build the colonization but you're not gonna be ruled by a king so here's your protection your militias your state armies can have weapons and they were like okay done yeah there was really strict gun regulation in this country until the early 1900s like nobody carried weapons it wasn't a fight organized militias yeah, it, they saw the Second Amendment as literally a source for organized militias for for essentially our National Guardsmen to have weaponry. And when you read it. Yeah. So along comes a dude who performed an armed robbery. OK. And one of the charges they got him on and they were passing gun restrictions everywhere. You couldn't have open carry. You couldn't have concealed carry. Like there was no reason for a civilized society for people to have weapons except in your home for Mm self-defense. And if you were part of the National Guard, Uh, one of the charges that he was brought up on in his bank robbery was carrying a weapon. And he was like, well, I'm entitled to carry a weapon. It says so in the Second Amendment. And that's what started. And at the beginning, in the early 1900s, the NRA was actually opposed to it. They didn't think the average person should be able to carry a gun. They thought you needed to be trained. They thought it needed to be really intended for a purpose. It was a tool. And it wasn't until the 1960s when the NRA switched sides on it. And it's because a hostile takeover happened within their ranks. The old mentality of not everyone needs a weapon and the new thought process of everyone 
does to protect themselves from black people too yeah and what we're seeing now is still the holdovers from that 1960s transition so all of this talk about well this is what the founding fathers wanted it's not not even it was a concession and they made it for states to protect themselves and the nra has managed to manipulate it into what we fight about now so it, it's just it's a really interesting it's such a good example of like the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law mm-hmm. and the guy talking about it is a gun person like he's a gun activist he believes in owning weapons he's not like a he's not a gun control guy he's just he's a professor at duke university and he is the foremost expert in the united states on the history of the second amendment and how we got here and like i don't think so i think the foremost expert on gun control is um any guy with a facebook (laughs) (laughs) any guy with a facebook Especially uh, if they're white. Yeah. Um, speaking of guys who think they know everything, uh, Trump is sure making a shit shit. You guys like that transition? Yeah, that Sh- hey. Trump <laughs> is, uh, I have to be honest, this is, I hope Nikki Haley stays in for the sole fun. purpose <laughs> of watching Trump absolutely fucking unravel yeah. at a Republican running against him. Yeah. I love it. Well, here's the thing with like, okay. It's so funny to me. Like you can't make this shit up that while you are dealing with one trial in which you are accused of over selling over, I don't know what's what's a good word for like he's overstating his wealth, overstating the worth of certain things. While you are doing that over here, you just <laughs> got ordered to pay somebody eighty-eight million dollars that you don't have because you have overstated your wealth and your income. And I just think that is like what a symbiotic yeah. relationship, right? Like, oh, <laughs> and here's the crazy here part too. You he was found guilty of like sexual assault, right? And he he was ordered to pay two point two million dollars in defamation the first time around after yeah. he was found guilty. Two point two million, mm-hmm. and told keep keep her name out of your mouth. And he yeah. he just couldn't fucking do it. I because he, he was told to keep do it, out it. Of his mouth. Yeah, which is why now he has to pay eighty eight million because he can't keep. And this is the type of non emotional, and I'm using quotes here individual you want with the nuclear codes like get the fuck out of here not even just that like you know how he is trying so hard to say that a president should have like complete immunity like should be able to do whatever the fuck they want like you listen to pod save america when they're like he could he could if he becomes president and that was something that he decided to live by and be able to get away with he could literally just kill people yeah he could just do whatever he wants. He could just kill people. And if people were literally asked that question in a poll, how would that go over? Like, are you sure you would be cool with voting for a man who has publicly said he wants to be able to murder you if he wants? But the cult is. Essentially. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. It's like, because they think uh, he's only going to kill Democrats. Right. Which is so funny. Hillary, that's it. Because he's not, but like, he literally, like, did you guys see that video of that kid? 
that got thrown out of his rally because yeah. he was going to take a picture with it. Like, look, there is case in point. It doesn't matter how loyal you fucking are. If you piss them off, you're dead. Like yeah. the end. Oh God. I just can't. I just, I just, and hearing him unhinged about Nikki Haley is, I'm like, there's, there he is. There he is. Oh my God. What, in one of the depositions where they're asking him about his like, grab him by the pussy quote. <sighs> He's so earnestly answering, like, yeah, a lot of stars can do that. That's how it's been. And they're like, do you consider yourself a star? And he's like, yeah, I suppose I do. <laughs> like a burned out star. Down like on your Shit, like, just uh, 88, 88 million with a m. I love it. With a That's like a whole Trump building. It is. Do you remember there's that clip that goes around every once in a while from some sort of like E special or something on rich kids, like in the early 2000s, where um, uh, Ivanka is talking about like how her dad's the richest, you know, man in the world or whatever, but he probably has like negative $12 million. <laughs> He's filed oh. bankruptcy six times. He's like a fine wine. Well, I hope. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I hope that Nikki Haley stays in. <laughs> I do. I I'm enjoying this. I think it's good to to really force the Republicans to choose a side once and for all and stop just pointing fingers at, at Joe Biden and to have to fall. Are you are you insane or are you just a conservative? Right. So because I do think there's a clear delineation between conservatives and the MAGA portion of the conservative Absolutely. party. I, I don't do. agree with anything Nikki Haley has to say, no, but no, no, she's a lunatic. Yeah. Right. But less of a lunatic than him. Yeah. No, I said she, I don't think she's a lunatic. Oh, okay. I was no, like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I don't like, want like, Nikki I Haley to be said... president, but I wouldn't be staying up all night worrying if she was going to put us in World War Three if she was. No. Right. And I remember you saying something about that before, Jackie, when we were talking about like the likelihood of a Democrat woman becoming president, okay. it would happen probably with a Republican yeah. before. And I was like, of all of them so far, I guess I would be okay with Nikki. Like, I, I, would I would be, be more comfortable. Yeah. Like, I mean, it still makes me uncomfy. Yeah. But not as uncomfy. Not I mean, as I'm going to get my pussy grabbed. I would rather scoot scoot in the head. run the Republic than. Yeah, you. like Scout would do a better job. <laughs> and she tries to on flat surfaces. So <laughs> I'd vote for Scoot. Yeah. I'd vote for Scoot over Nikki Haley, too. But I do think the first female president is going to come from the Conservative Party. You know, I agree. Yeah. But anyway, um, I just thought I would throw this in here uh because there's a lot of pressure it seems to try and force Haley to bow out of the contest and leave it up just leave it with Trump they're treating him like an incumbent and it's like the best thing to happen to the Democratic Party is for Trump to have a Republican opponent so yeah. especially one who's willing to say uh, Nikki's kind of leaning into it now too. Right? And I shouldn't call her Nikki governor Haley. Cause she did achieve the position of governor in South Carolina and she deserves that. Totally. She, she's kind of leaning into it now. She was playing it kind of cool when she was going up against the other boys, but now that it's come down to essentially her and Trump, she really is like leaning into the, 
Like he mistook her for Nancy Pelosi when he was talking. And I think some of the arguments that she's making are really resolute with how you can appeal to the base. Like you can't say Biden is too old and say Trump isn't. Right. Like, yeah. Especially when Trump is the one on but live TV confusing entire swaths of people. Like, how do mm-hmm. you confuse Nancy Pelosi with Nikki Haley? How do you confuse you- running against Hillary Clinton with Obama? Obama. Like, it's, yeah. And it's more than just a slip of a tongue. He like leaned into it. He did. Like, yeah. He really ruminated on the point for a minute. And it's like, what <laughs> universe? are you living in right now like you didn't run against obama like he yeah it wasn't like he said when i ran against obama oh sorry i mean clinton he like had some memories in his head that's like that never happened you delusional revisiting yeah the shit that didn't happen yeah so been there i wild i would welcome a uh, uh, race against Joe Biden, Nikki Haley, just to give the nostalgia of people I don't agree with, but I will survive being in office versus mm-hmm. like, I don't know, is this in a democracy? We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> like, that's how Tune I feel. For the Trump. exciting conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter nine of America. <laughs> yeah, when there oh. was just like a person you agreed with and a person that you didn't. Remember that? Right. That was you. Right. Isn't that cute? Good times. It's very it's it's giving warm, cozy fall nights, just like a Republican that I can't stand being in office versus yeah. one that like literally is selling of. our secrets yeah. to Hamas. So like we'll see. But <laughs> I think the longer she stays in, the more he unravels. And oh, great. I think the more he goes after I think the Republicans think it I think the MAGA Republicans think it's funny when he goes after the way Pelosi or Clinton look, I don't know that that will hit as well when he's doing it. Also, like, does he have a mirror? I know. Yes, he probably has nothing but mirrors. He thinks he's handsome. I know. He is delusional. Clearly. Yikes. I'd rather be a long mirror. Oh my God, I just choked on my own spit. And good news though, Daddy John Stewart is coming back to the Daily Show for Indecision 2004. Love so it. he'll be on every Monday from that'll be good two weeks from now until the end of the election. He's pulling a John Oliver, and I'm here for it. I love. I'm so happy. John Stewart is fucking wicked smart. Oh wicked God. smart. He's I love listening. So to him. good. He's yeah. just. I love him. Yeah, he's amazing. All right. I wish he do, would run for president. <laughs> let's do your segment. He, you know why he won't run for president? And you know why so many people, when they're like, oh, they should run for president, he doesn't have the ego to run yeah. for president. Like the ego yeah. you need. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. You have to have somewhat of an ego to take the shots that you have to endure right. as running for president. So you have to have an ego. But I don't think Jon Stewart has it. Yeah. No, and he said a million times he's never running for president. Right. He would have yeah. put his family. I just wish he would. I oh, think me too. I just did something. I feel like the Daily Show posted something today where they said he's. It was like information about him, and they were like, "He's never running for president." Yeah, it was John Stewart. Fun facts: His birth name is Jonathan Daily Show. He's attended over a thousand Mets losses in person. Now, this might surprise you. John's Jewish. 
briefly hosted the daily show for 16 years and will never run <laughs> briefly stop with that already <laughs> i love that briefly for 16 years. all right let's get into your segment on the ai portraying taylor swift in pornographic situations oh god AI? you're not gonna get one over on swifties by the way no. like we took down Ticketmaster. like fuck off like we're not How calling for that quick the swifties reacted to this because i hadn't even seen you know i'm on the twatter sometimes i'm never calling it x that's so stupid um <laughs> i will never call it x but it twatter? was trending, like you know taylor ai get taylor off ai like all of these things the Swifties had tweeted so many times. Why don't times. you tell everybody what happened first? No, I will. I'm getting there. Okay. They tweeted so many times that I couldn't even see what had happened. Uh, I was like, I don't get what this is. So it turns out, yeah, that people, many people, were using AI to put Taylor Swift in porn. Which, like, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> but then it just made me think of all the, like, how how much worse this can get right like that's oh fucking yeah fucking terrible but like uh, there's so many freaking perverts out there and then like i remember going to an exhibit at the an exhibit at the museum of tolerance and they were talking about child pornography and how there's these loopholes about like if things are animated or whatever, that that that's not really. That makes me so uncomfortable. Anytime someone child. says child pornography, I immediately I feel like no. Yeah. But that's what I, I thought. just like don't want to stop talking like, about. Why it. would that be a thing? I know, but that's what like, I thought. It should be a bad word. Like, the AI thing. I was like, oh, this can just get so much worse. But like, it's just, it's just so disgusting. I don't even know if it's abhorrent. Like, it's just the worst thing ever. Like, if you want to go and, like, do porn or post your nudes or take nudes or whatever you want to do, you do you, boo. But to put someone else's likeness, yeah. that it's just not okay. I well, feel like... Go, go ahead. ahead. I took my daughter out to lunch today because she had a half day. And we're sitting there talking about it. And I said, you know, have you heard about, like, the AI Taylor Swift thing? And she was like oh my God, isn't it terrible? And I was like, well, I don't get why this is any different from the deep fakes that have been going around for years. Like you could literally Google like Jennifer Aniston naked and there's a picture of Jennifer Aniston fully naked and it's not her. That's not her? (laughs) Yeah, it's not her. You could do any any celebrity and they've been put, their face has been put on these like deep fakes. You could even get like, videos of like celebrities saying stuff that they never said because of the deep fakes and I was like so why is everybody so mad that it happened to Taylor Swift and she was like what do you know about it and I was like that Taylor Swift like got put on like that people made AI Taylor Swift porn and like put it on Twitter and she was like no that's not what happened and I'm like what do you know about it and she said it's a bunch of Chiefs fans raping her mom it's sexual assault and I was like what she's like yeah it's really bad and I was like I I didn't hear any of this like where did you hear this and she's like well at school obviously so I was like I don't I don't know so I go to the twitter and I like type in all I typed in was like AI Taylor Swift I go to the twitter (laughs) I go over to the twitter 
I logged in. I just typed in Taylor handle. Swift AI, and it I is just so reading glasses <laughs> blocked by fans. Like yeah. you can't see yeah. any information about it except hashtag Save Taylor, hashtag yeah. Protect Taylor, hashtag that. Like you cannot see anything about it. For I didn't like really, really like search, search, but I scrolled for you know a second, and I was like, oh. Well, shit, the Swifties took took care of it. I mean, like, they really said, uh uh-uh, not today. But the fact that it was, like, sexual assault is gross. Mm -hmm. And that just, Mm -hmm. that makes it such a different thing. You know, like, if it's like, oh, we put Taylor Swift, like, naked laying on a bed because that's what they do with a ton of, like, actresses, you know? Okay, that happens to actresses. Like, it's just a thing that happens. But the fact that, like... It sucks, but, it, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it sucks because, like, yeah. you know, it makes it look like you took nudes and, like, your nudes were leaked. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. Like, you were careless with it. But the fact that they did it, like, assaulting her just says so much about society and all these guys that hate her for no reason and are threatened by her and all the, like... Chiefs fans that are like, why is football all about Taylor Swift all of a sudden and are angry about it? Like, this is their way of getting back at her. That's fucking gross. Super gross. It speaks so much to the Super psyche uh, that. Yes. I think that's what disturbed me the most about it. Cause I, I agree with you. Like, this deep, the deep fakes have been around for a long time. And they're, they, you don't look at them, right? Because you don't want to draw attention to them or give them clicks or, or, whatever you don't want to do that but it's the so level here with ai and more accessible oh yeah when you're exactly right it concerns me where is this going like we have to become so much better with our digital hygiene now to understand what is fake and what's not and because i my first thought was oh my god how many people are gonna fall for something crazy this election season really? seeing Mm-hmm. Joe Biden feeling up a a fourteen year old or, right. or you know, or and not even just kids that are like you know you're you broke up with your boyfriend mm-hmm. high school girl and now all of a sudden there's fake videos of her you know one hundred percent now all of a sudden they're creating fake news like fake of yeah. yeah it's already hard enough for women to be believed. Now imagine if you're a woman going into a rape trial and this man comes up and is like, well, I have 47 nudes of her that she sent me. How does she prove that she didn't like, it's just the possibilities of it. I agree. The Taylor Swift thing was like jarring just because of the sexual assault aspect of it. It was so horrific. Then I was like, Oh my God, how many people without Taylor's money are going to and protection yeah. are going to be subjected to the I terror that this is going to bring. Make it go away. Right. Yeah. That are yeah. just like, you're talking about a woman who until last year had never shown her belly button on yeah. TV because she didn't want her grand, what she said was she didn't want her grandkids to ever look up pictures of her and see her like half naked. So of course it was easy to be like, that didn't happen with Taylor. But the people who don't have that kind of protection, there's not 80 million Swifties coming to the protection of Jane from seventh grade right who rejected some guy and i'm like oh my god the suicide rates my head started spiraling out of control like Mm because we're imagining the best pictures a guy could or a person could come up with you could make a a individual 
with bigger legs, a bigger stomach, smaller breasts that are going to really mess with a young person's vision of them. If that were, mm-hmm. I just, the possibilities are painful and I'm, but yeah. how do you combat that? We have to get really good at digital hygiene and knowing what's real and what's not. I mean, you can tell like, so there's this picture going around and I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying there's this picture going around of Trump where he's in this um, uh, church praying. But if you zoom in close, he has six fingers. (laughs) So it's AI generated, right? Because it's messed up. But the amount of times I've seen that like oh look at he's ordained by god blah 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 and i'm like this picture's not even fucking real like where and i'm worried the people older than us i'm trying really hard not to say boomer you're doing a good job for those people that are older than us i'm worried (laughs) that the vast majority of them are like a lost cause yeah but we're gonna have to start instilling like in our kids very young digital hygiene and knowing what's real and knowing what's not and like if it feels weird, it probably is. Like if you're catching a global superstar like Taylor Swift in a pornography position, it's probably fake. Like right. if you're you look at the because you can tell and a, but the problem is AI is gonna get there. Would never. Literally AI is gonna get that good. dead. But off. what about Jane in seventh grade? I know like, how but- do you teach kids to not fall victim to that when they can just take a picture of you off of your instagram that's completely innocent and turn it into whatever this goes into one of the segments i wanted to do this year which is i think that the alpha generation the honey badgers of our world who are just fucking feral and wrecking shop i think we're going to see a huge disassociation from social media as they grow up i think they're going to think us and the z's are overexposed put too much online, like all this stuff, and they're going to value their privacy. And I think it's going to be much more difficult to get social media pictures, especially as we see the evolution of AI. And that of, that doesn't stop someone from taking a picture of someone sitting in a classroom and using it. I'm not, it doesn't protect us from everything, but I think they're going to get much better about like shaming those who post those pictures and like, what the fuck is wrong with you kind of thing. And like, I, that's true. My kids don't post shit. Yeah. They want privacy. They think that I'm weird for posting. Yeah, that's they true. They don't want everything overexposed. They don't want everyone to know what they're doing. Like they have a very different view of social media. And listen, in our defense, okay, social media came out when we were coming up. Like it was a new yeah. thing. We all got on board. It was fun. Like it was a fun thing to do. It's turned toxic as fuck, but yeah. it used to be fun. Also, yeah. if I could get on social media, if I if I could get on social media today i would do it i would do it right now i would get i would i I would deactivate everything and i'd be like catch me on my fucking text message bye i also think there's going to be programs that come out where you could take an image and like drop it into like google images and it's going to scan the like metadata of it and tell you whether or not it was ai generated or if it's been oh that's there there already is like there already is technology that you can drop it into filters and see if it was photoshopped. So it's the same kind of yeah, that concept. Came out during the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Right. But yeah. the problem is going to be like all these tools, getting people to use them because all right, humans yeah. have confirmation bias. If they want to believe it, they can make it true. But I think those types of tools will protect Jane. 
Right. Well, I hope so. Protect it from the immediate humiliation. Right. And the like having to go to school and deal with these assholes, but but maybe it'll be so common at some point that people will just be like, whatever, like Mm -hmm. somebody made an AI of you. Cool. Who hasn't had that happen? (laughs) Right. Yeah, like join the club. (laughs) Have you been putting a porn yet? Well, I have. It's not funny. I didn't mean to laugh. It's not no, funny, it's but, not, but it's funny. That could be uh, the reality someday. I don't know. They're gonna. They'll come. They'll come up with tools to combat the technology that can at least, not combat it, but can prove what it's from. Or Apple's gonna come up with like some type of watermark that proves it was taken from your phone. That only you know, like they'll they'll come up with something. They'll have to. There's money in it. Right. You want to be able to prove things are you and things aren't you. Yeah. But in the meantime, in that that buffer era of trying to figure out how to do that. And now I worry about Jane. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing we can do, and this is going to sound real old school, maybe Stacey, this should be your line, is you're going to have to talk to your kids about like the possibilities that are out there. Don't believe everything you see. If something feels off, it probably is. If you've known this girl since elementary school and it doesn't make sense that this would be happening, like support her, stand by her, you know, push yeah. back against those people because it's probably fake. Yeah. What are you guys obsessed with this week? Look at us. Um, We're almost professional tonight. Oh my God. <laughs> almost. Well, I can't believe Zach's we didn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I have two two little things. I can't believe we didn't talk about the whole uh, Ryan Gosling getting nominated for the Oscars and Margot quick. Robbie. Uh, yeah, not. Uh, uh, I mean, that is literally the like whole storyline of Barbie, right? Like, what the fuck? Right. To be fair, America Ferrera was nominated, which right. I'm okay. happy. It's about. great. I think the biggest injustice is Greta Gerwig not getting nominated. Yes, I agree. The Margot Robbie thing I can get with because Ryan Gosling's in supporting actor, right? Yeah. Way less competitive. Yeah. Right. So, like, that part I can buy. I don't get how you have Best Picture nomination and a Best Adapted Screenplay, which also I think is bullshit because, like, adapted from what? Because Barbie. It's Barbie. Barbie is there's already. That's right. But that's what their 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 ruling was on it. Because there's already IP. It doesn't make any sense because she wrote that whole No, she got snubbed. Yeah. So how do you have best adapted screenplay, best picture, not best director? And it's interesting because how it happens is because it's the and this is why I think Greta Gerwig is a bigger snub, right? Of the Academy members, you vote in the categories that you would have been eligible for. So the very small number of female directors that have ever been nominated for Oscars is who's voting on that particular set of nominees and movies. So it's all men. It's all men that are voting for that category, which is not the same for lead actress, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's just like that to me was the one that was like, you fucking kidding me? And it yeah. sucks because it was Oppenheimer suck. against adapted in the adapted screenplay, like that's probably gonna win. 
Yeah. Which is fucked up because even though it's adapted from the idea of Barbie, it's still original. So it's, it's like, it should fucking win. It, it wasn't based on win. a book. It wasn't based right. on... Right. It's just, it's fucked up. I agree. And Gre the Greta Gerwig thing, like Margot Robbie obviously did phenomenal, but like they even said, like in the movie, they're like, Margot Robbie shouldn't be the one. Because right. <laughs> you're like, oh, so ugly in love. And she cries. And it's like, yeah. Margot Robbie is not the one to be doing this. But like, I'm not saying she didn't do a phenomenal job, but the other actresses nominated, it's like, okay, I 100% understand why all but of them your were. Your ears are at least female. Yeah. Like, it's frustrating. It is the literal, like they said, the literal plot of the movie. Like, yep. But I don't think the men were the target audience. They didn't get it. They were the ones that were like, I didn't think that movie was that good. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. It was not for you. It wasn't for you. Yeah. Not yeah. everything for you, men. You're not supposed to get but it. It's unfortunate because it. They should have fucking been like, fuck. <laughs> well, I think I, the amount of people that have said men. that movie changed my life. That was the best movie I've ever seen. Like, from all, like, different angles, like, all different kinds of people have said this. And then, like, for it to not be nominated, you're like, mm -hmm. what? Well, I think because, this is my personal opinion, there was a lot of hard truths in there. And the hard truths are difficult to swallow because you're asking a, a group of individuals who have probably perpetuated some of these stereotypes in the past. It's easy to say genocide is bad. Nuclear bombs are bad. Like uh, slavery was bad. Like those are easy stances to take, but it's difficult to stand and say, yeah, there have been times that I have spoken over a woman in a meeting uh, because I thought my point was more valuable or there are times when I didn't laugh at a woman's joke because it was at my expense and I don't like being embarrassed by women. Uh, it's difficult to say I'm a feminist, except if it impedes on what I think I'm entitled to. And Barbie did an excellent job of highlighting all those things. And it's easy to vote for the big issues. It's difficult to vote for the issues that we have perpetuated. And yeah, I think that that's what Barbie ran into. And yeah. I'm talking about some dudes that like, I would let watch my dogs, like some decent human beings, but they unwittingly or otherwise perpetuated in stereotypes and toxic culture because it's what they knew. I, I'm not even blaming them. They were brought up in it. They were raised in it. It's, it's that saying of, How's the water that the old man says to the two fish? They say, what's water? When you're swimming in it constantly and you're always in it, you don't know what it is. And having to wrestle with that and identify it, I think is probably uncomfortable for them, which is when you're making a split second decision of voting, whether you realize it or not is weighing against it because it's easy to defend, right? Oh, Oppenheimer, we're talking about a war that changed the world. Like everything was different after, you know, the, the discovery of nuclear bombs. So like, and you can't say, oh, everything was different when I realized Barbie could be a doctor. Well, it wasn't different for you. It wasn't different for right. you. It was different for millions of little girls who picked up Dr. Barbie, but that's not as valuable to you because it doesn't affect you. And I think that's what it's like competing with and you can't quantify that. So it's, Greta got snubbed. 
she got fucking snubbed. And they have this layer of humor in it too that makes you not want to take it as seriously. Right. Even though the points are poignant and masterful and relevant and timely, you can laugh some of them off, especially when you look at Kate McKinnon's character, right? Like <laughs> it makes it easy to be like, well, Oppenheimer was this like drama and like poor girl was this absolute like psychological mind fuck. Barbie spoon fed you some really important patriarchal and feminist points because it knew if it hammered it down your throat you wouldn't take it so it laced it in comedy and a really good looking man to try and make it the spoonful of sugar mm. like so i think for all of those reasons subconsciously people can't vote for it just yeah, my two cents that's yeah. very well said, Jackie. Yeah, <laughs> mic drop. Yep, that was very well said. But also, fuck them. Yeah, grow up. Even better said, right there. <laughs> grow <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Any But I am. I am so happy for America Ferrera, and you know what? I'm happy for Ryan Gosling too. Like yeah. Ryan is chef's kiss. Like yeah. the way he loves so his wife. I'm here for it too. He is very good in the movie. Very good. Yeah, he's very good. They're all good. It's just such a good movie. It's so good. I might watch it tonight. Oh. Oh, yeah. What else do you have said with Stace? You said you had two. Oh, the other one was the movie Good Grief that just came out. I really Uh, wanted to like it because I'm obsessed with Dan Levy, but I was disappointed. Did I talk to you about that? I don't think so. Same girl. You were disappointed? I loved it. I was teared up in the first 10 minutes and for our listeners if you haven't seen it like i'm gonna spill some spoilers so fast forward but like the first like 10 minutes when dan levy's husband dies i was like oh "Oh my god i teared up right away and i was like yeah so i was into it the idea of him i was totally shocked when he got the letter like Mm -hmm. when he read the card i was like oh my god i did not see that coming and that's about the point where I was like, any everything after that, I was disappointed with. Yeah. So after that, he goes on the trip to Paris. Like, great, awesome, take your best friends. Should have been a little bit more open with them about what's going on. But didn't have to be. He's grieving. He doesn't owe him anything. And the, like, and the truth comes out. And the one best friend is like, what the hell? You brought us here to, like... Right, yeah. so unjustifiably angry. Right. Yeah. Bro, you're Wait, the guy. The something. guy, the best the guy. guy. Oh, I'll yeah. get to the girl. The guy. So, he was like, still like, so in love. It's really quick. You guys give me a signal when you're done talking. A signal. We'll give a you a signal. signal. Yeah, that's how I talk. To you. <laughs> um, oh, I just touched something on my phone, and I don't know what I did. So, so like, the guy, best friend, was so angry at him for not like telling them all of what was going on about like Paris and about like the husband and all this stuff. And I'm like okay well he was grieving and he didn't need to tell you he brought you to Paris you know like he didn't need to tell you why whatever the girl best friend though I never even I never liked her the whole movie I was like she's snotty oh she's selfish oh like everything that happened I was like she sucks like she was never there for like a happy medium between the two of them right I like see I freaking loved it I'm so on the opposite side of you guys no, I I, I, I don't think they were good friends. They weren't good friends. But I think they were I, I think they were good friends in the beginning, and then it started to wear on them. Like I think the best friend was gr- the guy was great, 
as he was he's living there with, with him, him. He was helping to, because he's in love with him. So his to me, him being bad made total sense. Now, like, see, I'm sorry, he was in love with him. Your best friend's spouse dies, and then you throw it in their face that like, well, I've been here for you for a year, like. Yeah, and if I need you for another three, you'll be. And then try to push him to get on like dating. But that's I, it was just. But that's there's no timeline on grieving, and there's no point where you could just say you've grieved agreed. enough. You need to stop. I agree with everything you're saying, like one hundred percent. What I'm saying is, I think everything those characters did made such perfect sense. Like everything they did made perfect sense. Every one of them was essentially grieving. The loss. So they were all, they all lost him. Even though, like, the ones was, I think they were not the greatest of friends toward the end. They were just not, which is why they all grew apart. Like, sometimes grief and losing people fucking brings out the worst in people. It really does. I mean, as someone who's lost a lot of people in my life, I, it it brings out the fucking worst in people sometimes. But he wasn't even being a dick. Mm -mm. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he was being a dick. I'm saying his friends were also grieving and it brought out the worst in them. Like, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I think the whole point is good grief. There is no such thing as good grief. Like, it's just, it's non-existent. And that's where, like, I just, I thought it was so well done. I 100% to Dan. Like, I think it was I love Dan. And I will watch anything still from this point forward. Like, I love him. I'm not. Yeah. No, this, I know you're not saying you don't like him or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, I personally, I think absolutely he did thought an it was amazing. Job. He did. The friendships are what fucked me up too. Like they weren't. If, if something happened right. to Kai, I wouldn't be like, "Well, your time's up. I'm sorry. You need to figure this shit out." Like that. Or it. like, if something happened to Kai and I took you to Paris and you found out while we were in Paris that that was his love pad with his other girlfriend, I'd be destroyed for you. Right, and if I wanted to burn it down, you'd be right there with get me. Get the matches. If I wanted Let's to do get it. drunk, and I don't disagree somebody, with you guys. <laughs> whatever the fuck I wanted to do, I know you would be there going, "Holy fuck!" Whatever you want to do, like that's the same way I'd be with you. I wouldn't be mad at you for not telling me why we were in Paris or being mm-hmm. like, "You brought me to Paris to check out this this apartment." You know like, the difference. I am unequivocally without question always on your guys' side so whatever i'm along for the ride for whatever you felt like you had to do here for it like let's fucking do it you didn't think you could tell me the truth that's fine let's fucking burn it down anyway you met some hot guy and you made out with him awesome i'm not mad at you you had to go pick our other drunken friend up aaron from the fucking jail i'm sorry about that but like whatever we're all in good shape like i i thought it was an overreaction on the friend's part like how mean they I were don't, to him. I totally yeah. don't disagree with you. I do not. Di- I think that's the whole point of it, though, mm-hmm. is to show what grief does to people in, in different the different ways everybody handled it. And then all these truths coming together, which ultimately pushed them apart so they could come back together okay. and be stronger and be better. And I just think that to me was the whole purpose of the movie was to show that you can be there for somebody and you can grow apart, but you can come back together like that. Okay. I don't know. That's just how I and I loved it. So I like that we're all like on different sides of it. I think that's, that's funny. Yeah. All right, um, you can get back on. <laughs> back. Really funny watching you guys without hearing anything. 
<laughs> what are you obsessed with, Stacey? Oh, geez, Louise. Okay, uh, 49ers playing this weekend, obviously. Um, so excited, so obsessed, so all of the things. Um, the other thing I'm obsessed with is our favorite little baby by personality, Renee Rapp, was on Saturday Night Live. Fucking killed it. Killed it. Dead. Dead. Died. So, so good. Like, it. it was just, it was. Yeah, she just, was fantastic. So, yeah. Oh. I love this new era also of not having to come out. Like, yeah, you're by. Like, whatever. It's yeah. fine. Like, I'm digging. You know, technically, I think she kind of came out as a lesbian. So, I mean, that's that's a consensus right now. She came out as a lesbian. I think she's just, well, whatever. Maybe she yeah. did. I, I mean, I really, I think she has always said she's bi, but I think yeah, that yeah. the consensus in the community is Even that better. she came out as a lesbian. <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, welcome to the fucking team. I just, I love the whole, like, being queer thing out in the open without any, oh, like, major so announcements and 50 articles about it and, like, having to answer a bunch of questions. Like, she's just owning it and she's hot and, like, this she's generation is going to crush it young and unhinged and unhinged and i love that she is unequivocally herself yeah like totally. she does not hide anything and yeah. i love it and she's curvy and oh like oh, whenever one of the okay. interviews a young for you aaron well you know i mean she's blonde I, <laughs> yeah but I she's really under 50 love, so <laughs> i really love the chemistry between her and seth myers like when she's on yeah. his show i think it's always so funny um yeah. how she talks about calling like older men baby girl <laughs> um but when she he was like have you ever been starstruck by anybody and she was like oh my god mark Cuban. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just she's a delight i've been a fan of renee's obviously since since before she was in mean girls since she uh won the jimmy awards which i'm the only one on here who will know anything about but it's like the national High school musical theater. Well, what's that show she's into? Why would I not have oh, known this? Yeah. I've got a lot oh, of college girls. Love that show. Yeah, yeah Sex Lives of College Girls. One of my such a good Which show. She, I think is not gonna be on as much. Not I think going she's back be, to yeah. Yeah. Well then I'm not Very watching sad. it. Like she was why I watched that show. Yeah. But I you know, just right? like they gotta give me another lesbian. Saturday Night Live. She was just so, she was so good. She sang Snow Angel, which I was not expecting, which is such a good song. She wrote after she um she had been drugged and her friends like left her behind. It's super super sad. Like what kind of friends would be behind? Her. Um, and she they're probably grieving. <laughs> Listen, people, don't so. you don't leave your friend at bars or like with strange people. You don't. Do, that's not a thing we do. After she well, had how 1995 of you. Like, I know. Don't do that. <laughs> that song is so sad, but it's so good. And she just sang her face off and i'm excited i'm going to see mean girls tomorrow so i want to see it so bad i heard it's a major letdown um mm, no i mean like i've heard a lot of stuff about it yeah um, i'm going into it with i think the appropriate mindset of like it is a movie adaptation of the musical it's not going to sound like the right. It's not going to look like the musical, which is what I'm expecting, right? I have no allusions to it being like the original movie, but I've done the musical. And so I'm very familiar with it. And so, um, but I know the it it doesn't sound like big Broadway show tunes. It sounds like music videos and TikTok and 
So I'm actually glad I know that going into it because if I would have, if I would have gone to see it, like right when it came out, I would have been expecting like big giant belty production numbers. And that's not what's happening in it. So like hairspray. Yeah. It's not All like right. that. Aaron, what are you obsessed with? I'm obsessed with, I got to meet Heidi Blick and staff. I hope everybody rejoices. I can't believe I she kept quiet this long about it. Like she her, steered their in car into oncoming traffic. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry to have shocked you so much. But I got to meet Heidi Blick and staff. And it was the highlight of my life. I swear to God, literally top three moments. It was fantastic. Um, I got a picture with her. I'm not posting it. So sorry, but I'm not. Um, I've been wondering why you're not posting it. I'll tell you why at the end. I mean, after we're done. So I, it was just absolutely fantastic. She is so insanely nice. She's like adorable. She gives really great hugs. And I just was completely just like taken by her. Like I, she could have punched me in the face and I still would have just been like, I fucking love you. Just like fucking slug me. I literally, I take a bullet for her. Like, I just love everything about her. Like she's, she's fantastic. And I know everybody already knows all that, but um, it was just really wonderful to actually meet her. And like, she knew who I was and it was really nice. Not in like a creepy way, (laughs) but like, it was just really, it was awesome. (laughs) It was just, fantastic I just I absolutely obsessed with her and I feel like it is like I'm just sad that now I don't have that to look forward to but I look forward to hearing what's going to be next on her plate like I'm I'm really hoping she gets you know a role in another musical like there's rumblings of ever after um so I'm really 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 excited to see what's next for her so god I hope so ever after that's been going on for I know she was just in Minneapolis like a couple months ago doing like, uh, you know, yeah, like a reading and that sing. They were doing songs and it was really, it was on, it was on the old ticky tacky. I saw it, so it was amazing. I want to, I want, I want her to get that role too. The mom, like the wicked stepmother, she'd be fantastic in that. Um, okay. This week, I am obsessed with. Um, my child has been falling asleep in his bed every night. And for those that have real controversial opinions about sleeping with your kid, it's not because we've been wanting to, (laughs) like, I don't need you to tell like, blah, blah, blah. I get it. That there's a split opinion. Some are good. Some are bad. Like whatever. Um, Lincoln's just a, a light sleeper. He didn't sleep well as a kid. Yes, we tried the cry it out method. Yes, we tried all of the things that anybody has ever suggested in the history of having children. We tried them. Um, but Lincoln's one of those kids that like he's not going to do something until he's going to do it. Like even when we potty trained him, we followed that book of like how to potty train in a weekend or whatever. He 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 wouldn't do it. And then one day he was just like, I'm going to use the potty. And that was it. We didn't even potty train him. Like he just decided that he was done using a diaper and that was he did the same thing with a pacifier like he decided at four months old he got uh, his first cold stopped using his pacifier and then we couldn't give him one afterwards like he's just very he knows who he is which i'm I'm sure will serve him well as an adult but it's very frustrating to be his parent anyway (laughs) he has been sleep going to sleep by himself all week and he gets up in the middle of the night and still you know 
crawls in bed, but that's the easy part. That'll get easier with time. He's like paralyzingly afraid of like the dark and monsters, which is why I know when he wakes up and he's like in there, he freaks out and he just goes. The funny thing is every morning he goes, how'd I get in here? He doesn't even remember. He thinks like he slept in his room all night, but um, I'm, so proud of him because there's been so many tears and he keeps asking us like, well, how do I, how do I face my fear? Because I'm so scared. And we tell him like, you just have to do the thing that you're scared of. Like, I wish there was an easier way. I wish there was a medicine. I wish there was something we could like do to help you, but you just have to do it. And I'm proud of him because it's hard to face what you're scared of and as trivial and silly as it may seem to like sleep by yourself to a five-year-old, it's real. The monsters are real. The like dark is real. All of those things are real. And so I'm proud of him and he's so proud of himself in the morning. And like, I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked. Part of me is kind of like sad because it's another little piece of him that's growing up and like becoming more independent. And then part of me is like, no, it's good for you. You need to do these things because you have to not just the sleeping by yourself, but being able to articulate what you're afraid of and doing it anyway. It doesn't mean you don't have to be scared, but you still need to do it. And I'm just proud of him. It's growth as like a person and coping skills. And, you know, so that's what I'm obsessed with this week. Proud of him. Now I have to watch a movie on Sunday of his choosing as a reward. Um, So we'll see what that is. I offered to take him to the movies. Nothing was playing that he wanted to see. He'd already seen Migration. So he said he'd rather stay home and pick out the candy he wants. So that's what we're we're doing. But yeah, little milestones. Yep. It's all about. It's amazing. I'm happy for you. Fucking dragging, dragging, kicking and screaming happy for Lex. (laughs) Yeah. Happy for Lex. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because it's an adjustment for her too, right? Like she's wanted him to sleep by himself, but she wakes up constantly because he's not there. Mm -hmm. So it's like this dual, and I'm not saying she's like going in and like laying next to him. Of course she's not, but like, it's an adjustment for her not to sleep with him also. Yeah. So it's like a, a weird conundrum, but he's, he's actually doing it. So awesome. hopefully it sticks. Um, yeah. Hopefully he starts getting comfortable enough that he stays asleep. Yeah. And that for his own sake, cause no one likes that feeling of being absolutely terrified when you're like, I don't want that for him. You know, I want him to wake up and feel comfortable and safe. And I don't want him to wake up petrified that something's going to grab him or he's going to be thinks he's going to be like kidnapped and stuff like I don't want him to feel any of those things so I'm hoping that as each night that goes by and he realizes nothing has happened and he's okay that he grows more and more comfortable like in his environment so and all I keep thinking is do you want to sleep with us because you think if someone broke in they'd take us first like is that because i used to do that math as a kid my sister's room was closer to the stairs than mine was so i'm like well if someone breaks in they're taking julie first like what are you gonna do (laughs) so (laughs) they bring her ass back (laughs) bring her ass back that's right Um, also go niners it's championship weekend uh last week was unnecessarily painful i'm not going to make any excuses for them that was awful don't worry though stacy is bringing several changes of clothes it yep. won't be as much of a nail biter yep. yep every time we lose momentum something bad happens 
changing it up is doing a costume change yep yep uh and we'll find <laughs> out if it's going to be us versus uh taylor Swift's boyfriend yeah which would be ideal that would be the best situation the wait best a second situation. aren't they playing the ravens yeah so we'll find out by the end of the day championship weekend oh, means okay. the winners of these games these two games oh, this no, weekend i know that oh, i okay. thought you said if these if they're gonna i thought you just like had already said the chiefs are winning i was like hey now hold on no i said we'll find out if we're playing okay, i didn't hear find out i probably wasn't listening i'm not gonna lie <laughs> okay uh that's it for us this week <laughs> have the best weekend available to you and we <laughs> you know what you're all gonna be surprised about this the the most upcoming um holiday valentine's day i don't have a rant about it hey it's a do first. i actually like I'm valentine's just, day no i don't like your it wife? i just like it i'm just gonna oh, let it pass I thought you, I thought because my wife like loves it. She yeah. loves, she does the 14 days that. of Valentine's Day where I will get something for 14 straight days. God. They're not, it's like, it's time. like little, oh let me be shit. clear. It's like little cards and like a Hershey kiss. It's not <laughs> like I'm getting, no, I love it so much, but I didn't want it to sound like we're spending thousands of dollars on Valentine's Day. Like every day cool. I get a, a new no. phone, a watch, a <laughs> new it's a very switch. sweet. And I actually think this way takes more thought and effort because they're little like tokens that mean something to us. That's awesome. I love it. But because there's no religious affiliation, I don't have any beef with it. So, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you could do like what the history of it or something. Is it totally made up? Like, are you trying to get? Up? Oh yeah, it's absolutely a hallmark holiday. Are you trying to get me on the anti-Valentine's? <laughs> no, I just want to know like the history of it, or like we need something. Right, right. Like, do you want me to look it up? <laughs> sure about that. No one wants you to do any research, Aaron. Don't worry about it. No, All right, no, that's it for us this like, week, guys. Never mind. <laughs> Make good choices. Bye. 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 Fierce Fan Media.